and welcome to another episode of Jonesing for Sports, the podcast where the Joneses talk sports and you listen. Uh, that was terrible. Um, anyways, this episode we're going to be diving into some some uh, much anticipated basketball talk. We're going to be pressing some reactionary buttons on Michigan. Brandon, shut up, dude. <laughs> I really like that intro. <laughs> we're going to be pushing some reactionary buttons to how Michigan and Michigan State's basketball seasons have gone thus far and how we believe they're going to finish out the season and most importantly we're going to be interviewing cousin nate and he's going to give us some much needed uh diversity to this pod so stick around and i know i'm looking forward to it so thanks for joining us and let's get into it Jonesing for Sports Podcast. We talk about sports and you listen. (laughs) I said the Joneses talk about sports, so at least, (laughs) I don't know. It sounded good in my head. official intro from now on. (laughs) You broke Brandon Code. Hardcore. I really did, but it was... It was so hard for me to actually continue on because, like, he's just dying in the picture. Uh, well, we've got a fun one today, guys. <laughs> let's keep talking about on. the intro. Let's let's <laughs> let's move on. Well, we do have a fun right, one fine. today. In my head, it was, you know, we never talk much about jonesing for sports. I was uh, talking with some of my youth groupers the other day. Jordan was actually leading the discussion, and he's like, "Do you guys actually even know what jonesing is?" And they're all like, no. And then he explained it to him. It's like nothing, something we don't really talk about. And I didn't really explain it. But I thought, yeah, we're the Joneses. Here's your daily sports content. And it sounded great in my head. But yeah, we're just going to move on from that. Uh, I'm just going to stop trying to save it. Well, we do have a really fun podcast for you all today. We have got Nathan Parks, our cousin, our person who's going to bring balance to the force today. Where, it, it, with how much success there's been on the Michigan football side of things, we've gotten a little wonky and not skewed. I think our takes are still pretty solid, but Nathan's going to make sure that they're solid. He's kind of like that editor you put your college paper through online to make sure that it's solid before you turn it in. He's going to be that buffer for us. Uh, Nathan's got an awesome background in sports. Uh, one of the all-time leading scorers at our high school in basketball. I think probably all-time leading goal scorer in soccer, uh, college basketball player at the NAIA level. Uh, so he's got a lot of intel, and he always lets us know after every episode what we got right and what we didn't get right. And uh, so we've got a really fun, really fun interview with Nathan coming up here. So let's, uh, yeah, code. Well, I was just going to say, if, uh, if he's going to bring balance to the force on our pod, does that make us the Sith? Yes. all right and without further ado here's jedi nathan parks and we are live with nate parks affectionately affectionately known as nader tater dominator uh world-renowned sports fan and analyst maybe not world-renowned but renowned in mendon (laughs) and now normal illinois uh, for those of you that don't know Nate, Nate's our cousin. He works in our quality department, calls us out for all the stupid things that we say on the pod. Uh, so we really appreciate him for that. He also gives us some incredibly based takes uh, on sports in general and helps give us uh, a more Sparty-based perspective to the things that we say on the pod. So we really appreciate him for that, and we're super stoked to have him on the show. So, Nate, thanks for joining us today, man. Hey, I appreciate it. I think I've been the most loyal fan. I want to claim that title. I definitely, have, I think I've listened to every episode from the beginning. Um, been the biggest fan and probably the biggest critic as well. And I got to put a disclaimer out there. This is like my first uh, published podcast that's going to go out. So if my voice cracks or anything like that, <laughs> um, this is my first rodeo. So got me some slack. All right, but what about yesteryear? Yesteryear, like I said, this is going to be the first published podcast. That um, one never made it out there. Never made it out there. It needs to. <laughs> It needs to. I would be listening for that. I don't think that should be too much of a disputed claim that you're our, our number one super fan, most loyal. Um, our dad might get a little mad at us for saying that, but 
I think he's jumped a little bit on the bandwagon uh, a little later than you did. So <laughs> we definitely appreciate uh, all the support and the criticism because we definitely need that. We don't want this to be like an echo chamber of horrible opinions uh, if we are given some terrible takes. So, And, and when we say criticizes terrible takes, we're mostly talking about Trav. <laughs> are we going to go ahead and jump into Killian Hayes right now? Or? <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, we might as well. Uh, Bran, are you going to start us off? It looked like you had a, an intense line of questioning all queued up to go. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I, I didn't want to put him on blast like that. That was going around. Yeah. I I can start us off. Um, first off, uh, who who do you think you are? Um, <laughs> what? What? I don't remember Michael right? Scott's second question. <laughs> <That's it>. Yeah. <laughs> I believe we have a present for Nate as well, don't we? A rock somewhere with a uh, suck it <laughs> note on top of it. <laughs> yeah uh look for that we had it for you at the family christmas but it was hard to give it to you over the virtual christmas thing so we'll get that to you yeah, yeah and everybody would have seen it i couldn't hear anything that was going on at that party but <laughs> yeah it looked kind of <laughs> awkward for you guys because you just had to sit there but you probably had no clue what was going on Well, I'm going to probably well, let you go guys, ahead. Cody and Bran, lead the questioning because uh, I'm a little bit delayed in my feed, so I keep trying to talk over you guys un, uh, apologetically because um, it's quiet when I start talking. So I'll let you guys kind of lead it, and if I feel a real good silence or something real strong, I'll, I'll throw the question out there for Nate. So we're just going to do our Spartan Ask Me Anything right now? Yeah, I like it. Ask me anything as a Spartan fan. Okay. So, this is a real deep hitter. Uh, in in the text, I, I did ask the question, if Michigan State's program was a Jedi, who would they be, and why was it Coleman Trebor? And I know that that's kind of a, a bad take, because he's probably the lamest Jedi there ever was. So, that was me just being a hater. But if you, you had to actually answer that question. probably explain to our fans who Coleman is. Well, he's the dinosaur-faced guy in Attack of the Clones who thinks he's going to take on Count Dooku all by himself and he can't even take on Jango Fett because he gets shot in the face and then falls all the way down to the arena pit to his death uh, <laughs> love love the energy hate the execution so that, that was kind of hater for me to say that if Michigan State was a Jedi it was Coleman Trebor but uh, if, if Michigan State was a Jedi who would they be? Well if we were going off of just looks Coleman Trebor, or however you say his name, wouldn't be a bad option. He is pretty <laughs> awesome, and he's also green, which that makes sense for Michigan State. Um, but I also, yeah, I had to Google him because I didn't know who that was when you sent that text. But he looks pretty awesome. If I had to pick someone, I would have to go. This is on the spot. I'm going to go with Mace Windu for oh, the fact man. that Mace Windu is awesome. And there's not many people that hate on Mace Windu. Uh, um, I can't hate on Mace. That being said, there's I feel like in the rivalry with Big Ten teams, like with Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, those teams, you don't see near as many shirts that say F Michigan State. They're always F Michigan or F Ohio State. And mm. I feel like Michigan State's a pretty well-respected team. We usually have pretty – for the most part, well-mannered coaches besides Tom Izzo trying to strangle his own players. Um, but <laughs> I would say Mace Windu because he's a pretty likable, but maybe not maybe not the strongest Jedi, although that might cause a whole other fight here. But he's up there with those Michigan-Ohio State teams. Maybe not the strongest, but as far as likability, I feel like he's maybe the most likable Jedi. Man, I hate how accurate that comparison was. <laughs> That was really good. I prefer to think of Michigan State <laughs> as Coleman Trebor or Kiati Mundi, maybe, but not Mace Windu. I think you're stuck on the green lightsaber thing. <laughs> I was, too. I was going to say Kit Fisto. Green tentacle face, man. 
No Yoda. That's a, that's an upgrade. Yeah, that's true. Yoda's super green. Yoda's Notre Dame. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Trav, you are delayed, yeah, huh? Yeah, Travis. Yeah. Delayed. <laughs> Got that like five seconds afterward. Uh. Well, Star Wars questions aside, Nate, what were your initial thoughts to Kenneth Walker opting out of the Peach Bowl? And your thoughts on that bowl just in general, your excitement level, and how you're feeling going into that match? Yeah, so that's a big question. I would say I feel like I kind of expected it. I mean, I know he was having some ankle issues, and that, like that back aside, I think it was – I mean, we had a decent hint that he might not be playing anyways – um, just preparing for the draft after this season where he really upped his stock a lot. Um, I can't blame him too much, so I'm not, like, super bummed about it. Uh, but then again, this we're going to jump right into it. But I'm not – this game, like, the there's not a ton at stake for me, I would say. Um, if we lose to Pittsburgh without Kenneth Walker, it's not the end of the world. I think I was talking with one of you guys about how – with this bowl game, it's a little bit frustrating because it's supposed to be like we have this amazing, successful season and it leads us up to here where we have this awesome bowl game where we get to play against Pittsburgh, another really good team, a really explosive offense, and it's supposed to be the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which is awesome, but it feels like it's been kind of anticlimactic with, you know, did, did he ever decide if Pickett is playing for Pitts? He's not. He's not. So, I mean, with him not playing and Walker not playing, it's just – it seems a little bit anticlimactic to where if we lose to Pitt without Kenneth Walker, I'm not going to be too upset about it. Whereas if we were to lose to Michigan on a weekend, it would probably ruin my entire weekend. And I feel like that's not how it's supposed to be. But this bowl game, even from the Spartan fans I've talked to, it seems like we're not near as invested into it as we should be because it's quite an accomplishment to get there. <clears throat> So, how are you feeling in general about the season, uh, regardless of the Peach Bowl? Man, this year has been awesome. And I think that's why it's kind of weird to not be that excited for this game, as excited as I should be, because I've been, like, all in on this season. I'm all in on Tuck coming. Um, I really love Mel Tucker, and this, this team is really fun to watch. Um, with Peyton Thorne and Kenneth Walker – uh, Naylor and Reed, we have some really dynamic weapons. Um, definitely had some holes, too, with our pass defense. But, I mean, my expectations were low, which I think that's something you guys talk about a lot on this pod. When you have low expectations, you save yourself from a lot of hurt. And, I mean, going into the season unranked, just assuming, like, okay, let's try to get more than 500. I think you guys said the over-under was, like, five wins on this season. So everything has been, like, the cherry on top this it's been awesome Been really invested in it. And it's, it's, uh, I still am excited for this game to come, but yeah, this season has been awesome. Yeah. You mentioned Tuck coming. Um, how are you feeling about Tuck in light of that $95 million deal he signed? <laughs> and do you think he's going to be able to live up to the pressure that that puts on him? I mean, in short answer, I don't know. I really like his confidence and his swagger. I feel like just the way he carries himself, he's got a lot of confidence out there, and I think he recruiting, he's even right now doing some awesome stuff. I don't know if you guys have been following. Michigan State's been bringing in a lot of dudes still, and so I I like putting my confidence in him. But you know, it hasn't he hasn't really proved it over a really long span yet. So it might be a dangerous game I'm playing right here. <laughs> uh, I saw something today. It was like. Um, because I think t just today there was three different Spartans who entered the transfer portal. And uh, Tuck obviously utilizes the transfer portal almost more than any coach in the country. Uh, I think this year there is 15 guys who have transferred out of the program. Obviously last year was, was much more. Is there any concern that that amount of turnover – long-term isn't going to be sustainable for program growth, or do you think that's just the, the new way of things being done in college football? That's a good question. I feel like it has to be a mixture of both because it seems like the transfer portal is just like on steroids compared to what it used to be. 
like there's so much going on that I, I don't even follow, but it seems like it seems like it's a whole new deal with players opting out to leave and it I don't know. To answer your question, I just feel like I, <laughs> I don't honestly know. Because I, I, I don't know either. Because uh, obviously last year he brought in a bunch of studs. Uh-huh. I mean, no one knew Kenneth Walker. And he's going to be the first running back drafted, in my opinion, uh, and probably in the first round, if there's yeah. a first round running back drafted. And uh, he he left Wake Forest because he didn't think he was getting enough carries. I mean, that's just insane to me. And obviously other, other starters were transfers. Uh, but I also have to – think that you know if you get players there for a few years and they, they start to like kind of well, the Michigan's program obviously has got guys who are very low rated coming out of high school that now as juniors and seniors are making a huge impact um Hassan Haskins would be one I would kind of point out as a guy people pretty much counted out and now has uh has been awesome so I think you probably nailed it. it's got to be a little bit of both but Something I'm monitoring is is how much of this turnover is going to be uh, affecting the the Sparties, but definitely a uh, definitely an awesome season. I want to push back a little bit because I completely understand the Peach Bowl take because you're right, the air has been let out with Pickett and Walker. But if I'm a state fan, I really want to use the Peach Bowl as a momentum towards the next season. Um, because my question is, how good is State going to be without Kenneth Walker? And I think they can use this game as kind of a spring into 2022. Uh, it also, I think, eliminates a lot of banter uh, because I've seen a lot of people on Michigan side basically say that uh, Tucker's second year is identical to Harbaugh's second year, almost like because a lot of Spartan fans want to say that Tucker is a better coach. Uh, and if he can get this New Year's six win and an 11th win, I believe that would obviously give him a better second year. So just a narrative killer there, but also just uh, the positive program direction I think would be huge to uh, to be, even though they'll be sh- both teams are shorthanded. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think hopefully this, even this low expectations for this game, I think maybe as I get into the game, I think that will change. Um, I think it will I think the game will still be a really like interesting game, even without Pickett and Walker. And I think Michigan State still has a really good chance to get this win. And, I mean, like I said, it is a big game, and I know it, it should be a big game, and it is a big game. Um, but it just seems like the Spartan fans just don't – I don't know. I, and maybe it's just the bubble that I'm around. It just seems like people aren't near as into it as they should be. And at the same time, I don't blame them a ton with – I don't know, just – the way it's I get that. handled. But. What about the Kenneth Walker Heisman snub? That's that's tough. I don't to be honest, I don't feel too passionately that like he needed to be in there. I think if we if we win that Purdue game, I think he's probably in there. Um but I can't, I can't blame it. I think the Ohio State game kind of really screwed us over for that, for him to get in there. The fact that they just blew us out of the water. He didn't really have a great game. And he didn't finish the season as well as, you know, the middle and beginning of the season. So I can't – I'm not super upset about it. Um, and I think, you know, overall Bryce Young was going to get it probably no matter what. So I'm not too too bothered about it. So you don't think that Aiden Hutchinson stole that spot from him? I would. I don't think so. Although it is, I can get why people want to get behind the whole fight against it. Just because what did Walker have? Was it four or five touchdowns against Michigan that day? It was five. It was yeah. five. I mean, I get the argument, but and the idea that Kenneth Walker is like the best running back in the country, and I think he got like a Player of the Year award by some some yeah. unique award. So it is, it is a little bit strange that he wasn't at least a nominee, but. At the end of the day, I feel like I understand it, and that's not something I'm going to push back too much on. Like I said, I don't right. think he would have gotten it anyways. So, question from Travis because he's he's delayed; he doesn't want to ask it himself. Uh, how annoying do you find Michigan fans right now? That's a good question. <laughs> um, 
I'll be honest. Right now, I'm not really annoyed with Michigan fans at all. Um, if I were a Michigan fan, I would be going nuts, just like Michigan fans are. I totally respect it. Um, I think what Michigan has done has been like probably – like, if I were a Michigan fan, this would probably be, like, the most fun Michigan football season since I've been alive, probably. Um, which I'm not really a Michigan fan, so I wasn't rooting for them in all those games. But that being said, like, I don't – I haven't read any, like, social media comments that really bother me. Sure, I've seen a lot of, like, debates and stuff. But I would say, that being said, I got more annoyed after the Michigan State loss with Michigan fans because it seemed like at that <laughs> point people were ready to, like – jump ship and like saying that this was the worst thing in the entire world that we lost to a top 10 team in the country and then here we are right now you guys are in the college football playoffs so I think I was more annoyed with like the Michigan fans with like the expectation that they are the best college football program in the country which they say at their games which they used to be but they really haven't been anymore so I think I was more annoyed with that than actually right now because right now like I said I would be going nuts if I were a Michigan I would never do anything like that. <laughs> we tend not to overreact here at Jonesing for Sports. <laughs> hey, that's what makes a good listen. <laughs> to be uh, fair, um, I have never believed us to be the best Michi- or football team in the country. That is a pretty arrogant thing to claim. Uh, but you're right, the reactions there were pretty extreme to say the least <laughs> right yeah but like i said i'm not upset at all like, i haven't heard like heard or read one comment from a michigan fan since they won it that really even annoyed me to be honest like i don't know i'm happy for you guys i think i would be extremely happy so i'm all for it i only have one more question unless cody's got something uh how do you feel about the little brother moniker is it good for the rivalry, or is it just is it old? I'm kind of torn between it's fun when you get to use it, but it's also <laughs> it's also kind of old, and people just throw it around so much that I feel like it doesn't mean as much anymore. But I think it, overall it's good. I think it's funny. Do you think it's uh, do you think it's based in reality at all, or it's just a, a mean spirited? remark uh, I don't know I don't th- are you asking me if I believe that we are the little brother the uh That's what it kind of sounded like <laughs> what, what I'm asking is do you think that Michigan State has a little brother mentality not that you are the little brother but like a rent-free type uh, really chip on the shoulder yeah like always 24-7 Michigan on the mind I would say so especially because like with Michigan you guys have another brother in Ohio State which Michigan State and Ohio State there's kind of a rivalry there but it's not really huge so like you guys are kind of I would say our only brother so I think yeah that plays a factor into why we want to beat you so bad whereas you guys obviously want to beat us but you honestly probably want to beat Ohio State even more so than you Definitely. But that's a good answer. Cody, you got anything yeah. else? I think I'm I think I've knocked out my bullet points. No, that's about it. I like that you mentioned that uh there is a rivalry there with Michigan State and Ohio State. Because all the time online I see like a little bit of a friendship between some of the fans of the two uh colleges. Um so Nate Parks once again demonstrating the the class that can be found in the Michigan State fandom. Uh, of course, every school has its bad fans, but uh, we really true. appreciate you coming on the pod, Nate, and uh, showing us how great Michigan State fans can be. Yeah, I'll see you guys later. Absolutely, if, uh, man. If, if you want, uh, if Nate wants to contribute, he can also go, because we've already had him for almost a half hour. Oh, but the next kidding. segment, uh, I was going to say, I, I've got uh, some panic buttons for Michigan basketball and Michigan State basketball, although Michigan State basketball at this point is more like how good are we actually buttons and uh all you guys got to do is pick which button you'd press and uh it's pretty simple even for delayed people like trav so <laughs> if you want to stick around you can but it's completely uh up to you oh i'm sticking around i was joking about saying see you later <laughs> <laughs>
Made me feel like a freaking idiot. All right. <laughs> it's good to spread that around a little bit. You don't want that all pointed one direction or else you get Do you guys want to start bad. with Michigan or Michigan State? Should we go from bad to good? Sure. That's fair. Okay. All right. So I've got four buttons that you can press. So for Michigan, it, they are panic buttons, although some of them uh, are much less panicky than, than others. We're going to kind of progress from not worried to pretty worried. So button number one is it's just some early season adversity on the road towards a championship. Uh, not a, Okay, I'll say that again. Some early season adversity on the road towards championship contention. So okay, not necessarily that we have to win a championship, but that will be in the mix uh, throughout the season. That's button number one. Number two, we're not going to win the Big Ten, but we're definitely still making the tournament, and we're probably going to at least make it towards the Sweet 16, so second weekend. Button number three, a good season for this team is to finish in the top half of the Big Ten and get knocked out in the first weekend of March Madness. Button number four, this team is fundamentally broken it's missing uh, missing the tournament looks more probable than making it at this point. So if you need me to repeat any, I can, but uh, basically championship contention, making the tournament, maybe the Sweet 16, probably make the tournament, but eliminated the first weekend, probably going to miss the tournament. Buttons one through four. Uh, Cody, what button are you pressing? I'm going to press three. Um... I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a good finish for the team. I think they should aspire to uh, greater things than getting knocked out in the first weekend. But that's more or less where my expectation falls with them. Um, I do really think that you have a great amount of young talent. uh, But right now, they are just not clicking. Uh, So you definitely do need to be panicking a little bit. Um, But I think the panic is a lot lesser than if you were to see this sort of thing on somebody like an Izzo-led team who has the experience of pulling a team together, um, like we always say, that manufactured adversity, to bring a team together and then make a deep run into March. Um, That's not something we have here with Michigan um, and Juwan. You know, relatively new coach and still has yet to really prove himself as somebody who can take over a game with his... uh, you know, with his scheming. So far, he's kind of skated by just on having really talented teams. And if his teams aren't able to really pull themselves together, I don't have much faith in him to be able to do that himself. Um, So I don't have high expectations. I'm going to go with three. All right. Nader, Tater, Dominator. I'm going to go with button two. Um, I do agree with most of the things Codeman was saying there. Um, my thing is, and we're going to talk about this probably more when we talk about Michigan State, but yes, Michigan has their troubles, but in the Big Ten, I don't, I can't name more than like two teams that I think I can say without a doubt are like a better team than Michigan. And I know like record-wise that wouldn't be a fair thing. Like you could point to records and be like, how could you say that? But like going a head-to-head matchup and I put Michigan against every team in the Big Ten, I just see... I still think they're better than a lot of the teams in the Big Ten. So I do think they're going to finish towards the upper tier in the Big Ten. I think there should be no worries about them getting into the tournament. Um, But I do. that being said, I do think there are some uh, things to maybe, I don't know if I would say panic. If if you still want to be your top five team in the country or whatever you guys were going into the year, then go ahead and panic because that's not going to happen. But I do – I think you guys will be fine. Like, I definitely think that March Madness is in sight, and I think upper tier in the Big Ten is pretty pretty uh, easy to attain, I can see. All right. Travis, what button are you pressing? Uh, I'm feeling similarly to Nate with this team's got some guard problems. I like our big guys, but we got to figure out what's going on with our guards. And this college basketball year has seemed to prove how important guard play is. I mean, just look at Gonzaga, and they're kind of figuring out their guard play and dropping a few games that you wouldn't think they'd drop. So I think they figure it out. I mean, it's tough. Maybe we don't because just last night we whooped up on a horrible team, and uh, 
Jones dropped. He was our second leading scorer, and I don't want him in the starting lineup anymore. And I think I think Juwan Howard really likes him for some reason, and so that's been tough. I I really want to see Frankie Collins at, as our uh, starting point guard, but we got to see some better play that I think is possible. So I'm not hitting any panic buttons yet, but like Nathan said, I might hit a panic button of we're not going to jump into the top ten the rest of this year based on what I've seen. But we could finish top half of the Big Ten, and I think they're definitely a good enough team to make March Madness. And then once you make it there, they've got talent, and they've got shooters, and they've got big guys they can rely on. They could make a run. Um, I don't think I'm betting on that happening, but it's March Madness, and that's one of the beautiful things about it. Anything could happen. Uh, you bunch of optimists. Uh, <laughs> I said three. That's not, that's uh, not terribly Brandon, optimistic. Yes. Before you give your answer, I want to ask you how you feel about the whole Devontae Jones like in the starting lineup issue going on there. Man, it's so tough because Devontae Jones and um, <laughs> Frankie Collins, uh, they're kind of similar in a sense. I like that Frankie attacks um, – the, the paint a lot more than Devontae. Devontae looks like he's playing in slow motion out there, which can be a good thing to have that calmness, but he just plays pretty slow. He did actually shoot the ball uh, in in the last game, which is why uh, they look so good. You need guards who can shoot the three ball, and he went, I think, three for three from, from three. He's not going to do that every night, though, and he hasn't. Uh, but he, he gets boards. He, he does get steals, but he fouls like crazy, which is ridiculous for an upperclassman. Uh, it's tough because Frankie is not going to be a three-point threat, which is what they need. Um, so you like the upside of an underclassman, but you want the steadiness that an upperclassman provides. I'm kind of split. Uh, Efficiency-wise, they're better on the floor with Frankie Collins, I guess if you want to look at analytics. Um, I... I don't know. Maybe I, I've got this kind of mixed up. I'd rather see them go more, um, <laughs> go away from both guys, and then uh, basically allow Eli to run the point more, and then try to incorporate more of Kobe Buffkin. Um, Buffkin hasn't played much at all, but he did get to play in their last game, and then he he earned uh, he was co freshman of the week in the Big Ten. That's the first time he got any game minutes, and he went off for, what, like 11 points in like 15 minutes a game. So I think that their shooting guards are better than their point guards if they can find a rotation that incorporates them more. I don't understand what Buffkin did. Uh, he must have, like, broke up with Juan Howard's daughter or something to not earn <laughs> playing time. The dude a, was a McDonald's All-American, and he can't even find, like, he can't find the floor, so... I, I don't have the answer. All I know is that Juwan has struggled with rotations all year, and he's got to figure out who his best guys are. I don't honestly. I'm not sure. Like what Devane did was great. Frankie's had great moments. Um, I, I'm kind of with Trav though. I'm kind of out on Devante, but ideally, Michigan is best if if he is playing up to his potential. Travis, what what did you want to add there? <laughs> well. There's something, it seems like there's something in the water with these five-star guards who are just, or just five, like look at Musa Diabate. Um, it seems like they can't shoot to hit the broadside of a barn. And I think maybe that might be one of the issues with uh, with our boy from Grand Rapids, uh, Kobe Bufkin. Um, maybe he can't shoot very good. And it, the same thing with Zeb Jackson. I... I don't love Zeb's. I like Zeb's form, but it seems like he can't make a three for the, the life of him. But Musa, hey, holy cow, well that guy's going to shoot like 20%. And as he yeah. should, because I, <laughs> I like him a lot, but. Yeah, what, what do you think, Nate? What should they do at the point guard spot? I'm totally in the boat of like, but if it continues to be a problem, let Eli Brooks, your senior, actually, he's like a fifth year senior, let him be your leader i think he can do that um i don't i don't i don't feel super passionately about it but i just from everything i've read read from michigan like basketball fans it's just been a really 
really big topic. Like a lot of people are very much out on Devontae Jones. But I, I agree with what you were saying about just let Brooks run the point guard. Especially, you don't want to wait too long. But if this continues to be an issue, I think Brooks maybe just needs to take a little bit of a bigger role. And I think he's perfectly capable of bringing the ball up the court. Mm, that, that's good to hear because yes, uh, there's a lot of a lot of fans that have fought back on that. A lot of uh, the beat writers they they seem to think that that's an impossible task to have a shooting guard play that spot. But I don't think Juwan is asking his point guard to do as much as maybe a Michigan State point guard would do. Um, but yeah, I mean, also, you know, Eli Brooks is like six foot one. I think it's not like he's some like <laughs> massive shooting guard that can't put. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Um, as far as my buttons, um, I don't know if you guys have talked me down, but my hand is hovering over four. I thought um, it was <laughs> because you, you need, you need guards and you look at how bad this team is at shooting the three ball. Um, now Hunter Dickinson has rebounded from where he started the year, but he has really kind of str- struggled and a struggled is a strong word because he's easily been their best player, but defenses are just crashing on him because there's no respect for the three game uh you look at the losses they've had uh they've shot like under 20 percent from three and that's going to be a problem in the big 10 where defense is going to be even stronger than some of these uh non-conference games um on paper so so neff said basically when you match them up with other big 10 teams they should be better than almost all of them and on paper i think he's right but then when they get on the court, this is my biggest problem has been this has been the least, from a chemistry standpoint, the least flowing Michigan team I've watched under Juwan Howard. Hopefully that obviously corrects itself, but without guards to kind of stimulate the game flow, that could be a struggle for the entire year. And they're also terrible on defense, which is surprising when you've got like a Musa Diabate. <laughs> uh, now Nate was worried about his throat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Musa Diabate out there, who is supposed to be this epic shot blocker. Hunter Dickinson is seven foot one, and people are scoring like crazy on this team. Uh, I don't want to be there. I hope I'm so wrong, but this season could go off the rails even more as we get into Big Ten play. Like that Minnesota game to me was so disheartening because they are so much better than the, that Minnesota team. I know preseason expectations are preseason expectations. But Michigan was picked, uh, I mean, preseason, they were ranked, I think, number five AP. And this Minnesota team was universally picked as the last team in the Big Ten. And they just crushed Michigan. I mean, uh, their best player scored at will. And uh, I I don't think that other teams are necessarily going to not be able to do that same thing unless Michigan has a traumatic turnaround. So I don't want to push for because maybe it sounds like I don't know, apocalyptic at this point. But, man, I just if Minnesota can do that to Michigan, I, I think that obviously uh, Purdue is going to do it. Michigan State's going to do it. Illinois is going to get their crap together. They're going to do it. And you got to play these teams twice. And it's – I'm just – I'm worried. I'm Maybe maybe I need to talk to you guys more. But I, I don't want to slam number four, but I'm, I'm between three and four at this point. I could definitely see him making a, a run, but it – it's sad you gotta to pick go a button, Brian. I I thought <laughs> for the I content. Honestly, thought that this was this was a a team that had Final Four aspirations, and I'm definitely off of that completely. And uh, at this point, just hoping that they can make the tournament. And like Trav said, anything can happen in March. But that's that's good. they're gonna have to scrape and claw for it because they they don't have they don't have Franz Wagner anymore, a guy who we took for granted, and a guy that I don't think we took for granted. They don't have Isaiah Livers, that's for sure. Uh, so and I do think to, I mean, maybe prove some of your point. I think what makes the Minnesota game even so much tougher was like, I think it was three days before Michigan State pretty much handled Minnesota on their yeah. home floor. And then it was three days later, Michigan was on their home floor and kind of got handled by Minnesota. So that it makes it more frustrating <laughs> to see. But one thing I want to ask you guys is one name that hasn't been brought up yet is Caleb Houston. And I feel like going into this year, like he was kind of looked at as maybe the reason you guys are going to be like this top 10 team. Um, what are your thoughts on him and his contribution so far? 
Uh, that's, I mean, he, he shows so much promise. I mean, he definitely, he sees the floor well. He, he's not, he's not like a crazy elite athlete. I don't think anyone was expecting that. But he shoots the ball decently. Um, on, it's weird because I thought he was going to be one and done easy. I could, de- the way the season's going, I could see him coming back because he looks like he probably needs it. But at the same time, I, I'm not placing the the load of the, you know, the brunt of the blame on his shoulders. I, I think it's more the uh, at the point guard spot. Uh, if we have a functional guard, I think it makes a world of difference, kind of like Michigan State last year. Uh, he's got to be better. I mean, I would much prefer to see uh, – he's just been kind of hit or miss. You know, some days you, you look up at the stat sheet and he scored about 13 or 14. And other times he's – He's barely on there, and he, he's only shot, you know, two threes. It's like, man, he's got to be shooting more than that. So I don't know what you guys think, but I, I haven't been underwhelmed, but I also haven't been overwhelmed. It's been pretty meh. Yeah. Well, now is probably a good time to call back that Caleb Houston was my pick for uh, freshman of the year. <laughs> um, not just Big Ten, just all of it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> just all of it. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of an underwhelming start for him, to be sure. Also, I think maybe that shows the little brother in me because yeah, I watched the Michigan State game against Minnesota, and I'm like, okay, Michigan, I think is going to handle this team. And then to watch just how badly they played against Minnesota, I was very much comparing Michigan to Michigan State right. based on how that game went. So yeah, that had a huge impact on on how I viewed that loss. So, Cody, you've got your wish. I'm pressing it. Button number four. Let's go. <laughs> and you know what? This is content. It, I didn't say they're not making the tournament, but I would be more surprised if they, if they make the tournament than if they don't. So Wait, wait, wait. Read number four for me yeah, again real quick. Say, read number four again. Pause. Number four. Button that Brandon just pressed. This team is fundamentally broken, yep. and missing the tournament looks more probable than making it. Okay. That's a team with two five stars, a returning All American, and a senior guard. Oh boy, unthinkable. Yep. All right. Well, get back. Let's to shift me. to Michigan State. I'm getting depressed. All right, Michigan State, and these are not panic buttons. This is more like how good are we buttons? Because before the season, we kind of pegged them towards the upper half, but still towards the half portion of the Big Big Ten, and they're they're definitely proving us wrong. So button number one, in my best Cam Newton voice, we're back! And we're going to be Big Ten champs again. Uncanny. Was that a pretty good Cam Newton? I was kind of happy with that. <laughs> that sounded like uh, Zion <laughs> Williamson. When he... Hey, RJ, you want to play for the Knicks? <laughs> so number one, we're back, and we're going to be Big Ten champs again. I could see it. I could see it. Number two, not expecting a title. But we're going to take the top three position of the Big Ten Elite that Michigan has dropped out of. So there's been kind of that top three teams that usually get talked about. Michigan State is replacing Michigan in, in button number two. Uh, but number three, preseason expectations have not changed. Finishing sixth and making the tournament is just about right for this team. And I call this the Travis button. Button number four, Michigan State is going to win it all. But the real story is Gabe Brown going supernova and supplanting Magic Johnson as MSU's greatest player. (laughs) I'm in. That would be the story. I think there's probably a consensus button on this one, but uh, I I didn't put as much thought into this one because – I kind of forgot to make it up earlier, so uh, I'm at I'm at button number two. I'll just put that out there. I'm not expecting him to compete or to actually win the Big Ten. I think they'll definitely be in the top three. I'm still just worried that they don't have that guy who's going to go and get a bucket when they need it when adversity comes. I know Travis thinks it's Gabe Brown. I know Cody <laughs> is going to shift, and he's probably going to say, "Guess what, Max Christie, here he comes." And Nader Tater Dominator is going to say, no, watch out for Marcus Bingham Jr. That's probably Travis, actually, who loves him, but and me too. But uh, I still am not sold that they have that guy, and I think you need that guy. Uh, 
you know, that's why I still believe in Purdue. But that's where I'm at. I think they're in top three. They're going to make the tournament. That was a question before the season. It's not a question anymore. This is a tournament team, and I could def- I should have put more tournament aspects into those buttons. I can definitely see them making it at least the second weekend. I'll put it put that out there. All right. Well, there's no shift about it. I said at the beginning, you can never count out an Izzo-led team. And here's why. Because Michigan State has that whole the team, the team, the team mentality that Michigan has in football. Oh, That carries over onto their basketball team. You know, Izzo's over there trying to strangle his players, and they <laughs> love him. They absolutely adore the dude, and people are constantly graduating from Michigan State, and they will defend him to the death and talk about how they loved their Michigan State experience. You want to talk about a team that can come together and have chemistry and will put elevate the team above the individual, that's Michigan State. Michigan State don't need no individual leader. They are Michigan State. They can do whatever they need to do to get the win as a team. That being said, I'm going to press two. Um, I don't think that they're going to actually win the Big Ten. Um, I think top three is a good spot for them. I did say that you shouldn't count out an Izzo-led team. I thought it's possible that the best in the Big Ten could be their ceiling, even though I didn't think it was necessarily probable. Um, I like what I've seen from the team so far. Uh, the only thing is, like, they have had some very challenging opponents, and even though they have gotten some L's in those games, um, I like what I saw from them. They're a very athletic bunch. Um, but they did seem to be not quite on the same tier as, uh, I mean, they were close with Kansas. Um, Baylor. Yeah, Baylor really was a, a tough one. Um, They're number one in the nation, though. So, right, I mean, that's, so that's, that's something that you game. expect. I think Michigan State can hang. Um But to say that they're going to be better than, say, Illinois or Purdue, uh, I think that's a tough sell. So I like them at three. I think that's a pretty good landing spot for them. I'm uh, going with both of you guys with button number two as well. Um, But for me as a Spartan fan, like, going into this season, on a scale of, like, one to ten, my expectation, I was probably at, like, a six. And that's not because I was trying to avoid being hurt. It was just because I genuinely felt like this season, I don't really know what to expect. We have a lot of guys coming back, but I felt exactly the way Brandon was saying about we don't really have uh, the guy. Um, I think Gabe Brown is sort of becoming that, but still he kind of lacks the ability to like play make. And like he doesn't usually come off pick and rolls himself as a ball handler. So I was kind of nervous that we don't have a Cassius Winston. We don't have an Aaron Henry of last year. Um, so I, my expectations were kind of like at a six. And I'm going to say right now, I probably have bumped up to a seven out of 10, which isn't a ton much higher. That being said, the main reason is because I think, yes, Michigan State, they've shown me a lot of things that I, I like that I was, I was unsure about um, going into the season. But I think part of it as I mentioned earlier, that some of those top teams in the Big Ten are just actually worse than I thought they were going to be, which makes me more optimistic about Michigan State, aside from the fact that they're getting better. like Just the fact that Michigan is not near the team we thought they were going to be. Purdue looked like they were actually invincible for like a couple games there, um, and we kind of saw that they are mortal, uh, thanks to Ron Harper. And even Illinois, like, they battled some injuries and stuff, too, with Curbelo, and I know Coburn missed some games, but they don't seem I – mean, they've had a tough season, too. So, I don't – it's kind of what I was saying with the whole Michigan. If they could, if Michigan can make the tournament or if Michigan's going to finish in the top of the Big Ten, I still think there's a chance they can because I don't think the top of the Big Ten is quite as much of these big giants as we thought they were going to be going into this season. Um but that being said, Michigan State has done a lot of things that I'm really impressed with. And some of some of those guys, I can shut up because I can just keep going. But, like, Jaden Akins has been better than I thought he was going to be. Um, Malik Hall has been awesome. Uh, Max Christie's been struggling, but he's still, like, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's not shooting well. Um, and Tyson Walker, there was a lot of questions. But I think he's almost becoming maybe that guy for us in some sense. Like, he's been... Even if he's not scoring in those last like crucial minutes, I look back at that Loyola game. Um, they drew up that pick and roll, and he threw a lob to Marcus Bingham for the win. Pretty gutsy call. But um, I think Tyson Walker is kind of developing into that role, and I was skeptical about him. He's been one 
one of the most like brightest spots that I've kind of changed my mind on um, as the season's going on. I think he's definitely our starting point guard. And I think for a while there, there was kind of a debate between him and uh, AJ Hogard. And I think he's definitely taken that. So I'll shut up, but I definitely have more optimism than I uh, had a little a while ago. But still, I think a lot of that has to do with, I think the top of the big 10 teams aren't really quite the big boys that I thought they were going to be. All right, Trav, uh, what button are you pressing in, and why is it button number four? <laughs> uh, well, what was number four again? <laughs> you can make me read it again. All right, number four, Michigan State is going to win it all, but the real story is Gabe Brown going supernova and supplanting Magic Johnson as MSU's greatest player. <laughs> well, I, I think Michigan State is a really good team this year. I think – them not having that superstar maybe gets scary down the stretch in big games, but having a cohesive team like they have, you're seeing that breakdown, like the difference between them and Michigan. Uh, having, I was never high on Hogart until this year, and watching him kind of play that backup point guard, he looks really good. He's played some really impressive minutes, and I would trade Michigan's point guard, backup point guard, one and two to Michigan State in a heartbeat right now because it's it's just so obnoxious from a Michigan standpoint. But not to talk about Michigan during this portion, I do think uh, whatever button was having Michigan State finish in the top three of the Big Ten, I think button number two, I believe that they are a decent team. And I think if you listen back to some of our podcasts, I did. I was maybe a little higher on them coming into this year. Um, yes. And maybe that was uh, my reasons were ill-advised because I was a big Gabe Brown believer. Um, but that really leads me into all I care about right now is asking Nathan. Nathan, is there any chance that Gabe Brown gets second team all Big Ten this year? Second team. Was it? Did Travis say second team, or did he originally say first team? I was trying to remember. Uh, he said first team, and then we like downgraded to second team to give him a, a fighting chance. And even that, oh. I was like, I completely agreed with it. Anyways, all that matters is that we ended on the terms were second team, Nathan. <laughs> he started at first. Don't let him forget. Oh man. Well. Travis, when you first said first team, I was like, this is a blasphemous take. This is get, getting up there with the Killian Hayes take, uh, but not quite. Um, but to be honest, Trav, you should be happy that with the way this season has gone. Because even after the first game, though, when we played Kansas, I was, I was pretty pessimistic. I think I was even messaging Brandon about everything we've just been talking about, about not having that playmaker or that guy. And I think I even said, like, Gabe Brown – is a before I say this, I've always been I've always loved Gabe Brown, but I think he's like a glorified role player kind of in a way that he doesn't have the ability to like play make put the ball on the floor for himself. It's always usually a kick out three to him or he's cutting back door or something. But I, I love him as a player because he's so intense. He plays amazing defense, his long length, um, and he's confident. He shoots the ball. If he bricks three threes in a row, he's going to shoot the next one, and he'll get in a fight with Tom Izzo right after. But he. <laughs> Um, that being said, I think it's not out of the question. I think there's a if Michigan State really does finish in like the top three, like we think we all think they can. I think it's deserving for the best player on the you know second best team in the Big Ten to at least get somebody on second or third team. So I don't think it's out of the question. So we can give Trav at least a little bit of props now. He called a shot. Well, we'll see if if. Gabe Brown can continue to score 13 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> See, it is true. Like, I'm looking at his stats right now. It's like 13.3 points, 4.7 rebounds, less than an assist a game. It's just, it's not awesome. It's not super pretty, but he's Michigan. At the same time, he's Michigan State's leading scorer, and they have a chance to compete for a Big Ten title. There's there's still there's still a chance he could get on there. So what I'm hearing is that this Michigan State team is akin to like a 2004 Pistons in that they've just got a whole bunch of role players. Is that kind of what you guys are thinking? Somewhat, but I don't know. I think that Pistons team is pretty awesome to compare any team with. So 
Well, I'm really going for this comparison because next year they've got to watch out for that guy, you know, that recruit that comes over from, like, I don't know where Darko Milicic was from. <laughs> comes over from Europe and uh, basically ruins the, the program, which uh, is pretty much – the second worst draft choice that the Pistons have ever made on this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're taking enough at shots at draft today. And honestly, I think Thomas Kithier was our Darko. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honest, honest question: If if State is uh, doing what you said, finishing top three in Big Ten. Um, in contention to the to the last game, who is Michigan State's best player in that scenario? Even that's tough. But it, for me, it, there's I think there's three guys you could throw out there. I feel like maybe Trav will argue against the fourth, but I'm gonna say like between Gabe Brown, Tyson Walker, and then my third curveball is Max Christie because I think Christie's definitely his story's not finished yet. I mean, if you watch Christie play in the preseason, he was without a doubt our best player. And even right now, his shot volume is high enough to where you realize like this team realizes that this guy needs to get this many shots because he's probably our best scorer. So I think there's a chance Christie might end up being like our best player. Right now, he's averaging like almost nine a game and three rebounds and then 1.6 assists. So I think there's a chance for him to become like our best player. Um, but I also do think there's a chance Walker, the way he's playing right now, he definitely is kind of our guy as far as at the last minute, he's going to at least set something up, even if that's not him scoring. But all that being said, I mean, I, you have to probably say Gabe Brown is our leader. I mean, he's our captain right now and he's leading us in points. And I don't know. That's a, I've kind of been doing circles in my own head. Um, but I think all, any three of those guys could be it, and I want to see if Trav would fight me with, with putting Marcus Bingham in there. I wouldn't fight you at all, Nate. Uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, Marcus Bingham, <laughs> he's averaging 2.8 blocks you. a game. The dude is uh, – yeah, <laughs> let, let me take that back. I'll fight you. Uh, <laughs> His stats look pretty good here. He, his stats look good. I think he just – this is going to sound mean, but I just – I wonder if he's maybe just dumb. And, like, that's why Izzo doesn't get along with him because he's just – he can't put together the full basketball player. But dude's a freak athlete. He protects the rim. He uh, He's just a force down low. I think he's one of the best – potential best centers in the Big Ten. Um, and he doesn't get that love very often. So I think he's a big part of this team, but you guys got some really good backup number four and fives on that on that Sparty team too. So maybe he doesn't make the top the top of the list because they're so solid down low. Uh, but I liked your top three for sure as well. I'm anxious to see where Max Christie goes the rest of this year if he can really blossom. Now is that a Cade McNamara dumb where his weakness is actually a <laughs> actually <hidden> strength? His strength. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> he won't get caught up in the mind games of March Madness. He doesn't feel the pressure. Usually Marcus Bingham, like his, he'll like hit a three, and then the very next three will hit only backboard. So I don't think that's a, a very positive thing. But you, Man after right my own heart. <laughs> it just seems like he'll do one awesome play, he'll have a great rejection, and then he'll just like throw the ball right out of bounds the next play. But – what uh? What do you think about possibly sitting Joey Hauser and just giving all of his minutes to Malik Hall? That's tough. I'm glad we brought up Joey Hauser because I don't know. I mean, part of me is thinking like I don't know what's going on with him, but the other part of me is like he's an undersized center who can't guard anybody and he can only shoot threes. So like, and right now he's not even doing that. So I don't really know where he fits on this team. But I do kind of like him still, just because he stretches the floor. I think he's a hard-working dude. But anyone who knows me knows I'm a big Malik Hall guy. I've been pretty high on him since he came in. And I'm not opposed to that. Um, I like 
I love the idea of just playing athletic guys who have the potential to play defense, offense, shoot a three, and catch a lob. And that's what like Marcus Bingham, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, these guys are. And so it would drive me absolutely nuts when we would play like Thomas Kithier over them or we'd play Foster Lawyer over like Rocket Watts and these other guys who are so athletic, they can shoot threes, they can, you know, they can guard people, they can do it on both ends. Instead of we play guys like Joey Hauser, Thomas Kithier, Foster Lawyer, these guys have like huge flaws in one part of their game. And that would just drive me nuts. And I think Maybe part of the reason I've gotten a little more optimistic, too, is just with a lot of these guys, we defend really well. And even, like, Jaden Akins, he might not be have, like, one major thing he's great at, but Jaden Akins is athletic. He can defend, get up and down the court. He can shoot the three ball, and he can even catch alley-oop if he needed to. So, like, the idea of just playing these guys that have the potential to be something by the end of the year, like even an NBA-type prospect, I'm all for that. And I think that's what Malik Hall is. And that's not what Joey Hauser is. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the Loyola Chicago game, and uh, Malik Hall was nine for nine from the field. And I'm thinking to myself, why is Izzo constantly taking him out of the lineup? Like after he makes a big shot, he he literally didn't miss the whole game. He led mm-hmm. all scorers. He uh, he had he got to the free throw line five times, made all his free throws. He played literally a perfect game of basketball, but he just kept getting subbed out. And I'm like, man, this guy is on fire. You don't sub that out. And even since then, he's he's played fantastic. And his minutes, right. I mean, he plays like 20, low 20s. Plays 22 minutes, 23 minutes, 24 minutes. Uh, I, I'd like to see him play more. I think his upside, like you said, is just incredibly high. But, right. you know, when, when you've got a, a tall white guy at Michigan State, you just can't help it. I know. So. <laughs> that brings us back to playing Ben Carter over Jaron Jackson Jr. in the Syracuse March Madness game. Drives me crazy. I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, Izzo does have a thing. It's for that Paul tall, Davis effect. Slow white guys. Hey, I like Paul Davis though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brand, if you have a person on your team going nine for nine, you can't allow any one player's ego to rise above the team. So you got to put an end to that. Uh, to that fire, you got to squash that real quick because that can be a cancer in the locker room when you got somebody thinking that they're above their teammates. So uh, Izzo does that better than anybody in the league. Um, so Sparty fans should be really, really grateful for the cohesion that he can keep through those rotations. <laughs> yes, Travis. Uh, you, I think you nailed it, Code. And this leads to my last question for Nathan. Uh, Foster yeah, Lawyer no. recently went for like 35 <laughs> points. Is that why he transferred? Uh, is he's, Foster he's Lawyer leaving the guard position at was, Davidson. Was, was that the main reason he had to leave this Michigan State team was because he was just too much of an ego and he wasn't getting his 35 points? I don't know, and I don't care. I just did not want him on our team. Or at least I didn't want him getting any minutes on our team. <laughs> I am happy for him, though. Like I'm fine with him scoring 35 points at Davidson or Cornerstone University, wherever he ended up going. Um, <laughs> he, but, yeah, he would drive me nuts out there. Great yeah, high school a- player, though. I saw him play in high school, and you would have thought this dude was the next Magic Johnson out there. Like, he was just incredible. He could do whatever he wanted. And this was Class A basketball. But then you put him out there for Michigan State, and it was it was just awful. So Boba was like Gabe Brown. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little-known conspiracy that Izzo actually was the one that made that Foster Lawyer One Shining Moment video because uh, <laughs> he was starting to think that he was going to be the next hot thing, too, and he had to put an end to that. Um. But yeah, you gotta be careful who you show that video to. My dad actually, our dad showed that video to uh, one of our relatives at Christmas, and uh, he was a big fan of Foster and watched him all throughout high school. And he was like a high school hero uh, and was a just a bona fide stud. Um, <laughs> and he did not react very well to that video. Um, so it honestly is good to see him playing at like a little bit of a lower level where he's able to shine because um, he is, you know, he does have talent, but he just really shouldn't be playing. Uh, 
really any minutes for Michigan State basketball, to be sure. Yeah, and I think Kithier, I haven't checked on him recently, but Kithier was also shining. I think he had almost like 30 points for Valparaiso in one of their first games. Yeah. I think they both topped 30 in their first games. (laughs) That was kind of fun to see. Good for them, but happy to see him go. Yeah. (laughs) Shouldn't feel too bad about that at all. Well, that's all I've got, Brand. You got anything else, Trev? Anything? I, th- I think that's it. Well, I can say one thing for sure. Uh, we're definitely going to need to have you on the pod a lot more often, Nate. Yeah, that, that was a blast. A, that was a, a lot of fun. You definitely bring a, a different opinion that helps keep us more rounded <laughs> and uh, definitely ups the pod. So thanks so much for joining us, dude. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. It was a blast. Got to live out my dream. well you help us out a ton too well i guess that's it (laughs) (laughs) all right and that was nathan parks uh super awesome to get nathan i know i had some technical difficulties there so brandon cody thank you for carrying that interview uh i thought it was super awesome what do you guys think well it's pretty easy to keep the conversation going with a guy like nate uh, great dude, great mustache, great father. Um, you know, and he knows his sports. Uh, so definitely uh, a breath of fresh air on the pod, I would say, to get another voice on here. And uh, we for sure need to make sure that that happens again. Also refreshing to talk to a very level-headed opposing fan because uh, I spend way too much time on Twitter and only read the most obnoxious <laughs> takes. Uh, so Twitter's a cesspool. Got to spend less time on I Twitter. I love it. But I do it too. <laughs> so it really gives you the idea that every fan from other teams are just absolutely the worst, um, which is not the case, as Nate definitely shows us. Well, Code, you want to take us home tonight, but Bud, bro, what, that was like a mix between Bud and bro. Blut, you want to take us home, but I thought you were gonna call me like your butt. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced you just threw that in there just to make me feel better about that intro. Um, but yeah, um, once again, awesome having Nate on the pod. Um, time will only tell how these two teams are going to end up at the end of the season and whether they're either of them are going to make a deep run in March. As Nate told us, uh, you know, March Madness is the most wonderful time of the year. Anything can happen. Uh, for Michigan fans, we are truly hoping that anything could happen. And... Uh, it won't necessarily turn out the way that their progress so far has indicated. Uh, nevertheless, we're definitely excited to see how the season plays out. Uh, so I hope that you will join us as we continue to analyze it as uh, the season progresses. So thanks again for joining us. And I just want to make sure that like during this time that you guys just uh, you remember uh, and keep it close to your heart. Uh, no matter what you're going through or what's going on in the world, Ohio sucks. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>